Can the Chargers go to 3-0 inside of the AFC West for the first time since 1996? Well, they are going up against the Denver Broncos this week, which you should feel good about, but we're talking about the Chargers. So there's some things that are definitely going to have to be done. And obviously, there's some names who could be in, could be out this week, which will make a big difference. But can the Chargers make Teddy Bridgewater beat them? Can Justin Herbert play well against a good defense? All things that we have to get into today. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and happy Thanksgiving. This is the Locked On Chargers podcast. I am your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by David Drogemeyer, my co-host and one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on with us today. We got started covering the Chargers over five years ago doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What is up, guys? A giant opportunity awaits for the Chargers on Sunday going up against the Denver Broncos. We are a couple seasons removed from the Chargers going 0-6, which is unheard of inside the division. And now for the first time since 1996, you have a chance to go 3-0 and inside the division, which would be huge because we all know Making the playoffs, the easiest way to do it is by winning your division. And the Chargers, just a half game behind the Kansas City Chiefs right now, still really control their own destiny, right, so to speak. So we have a lot to get into today. It is a preview show, so I know it's a little bit early, but today we're going to be getting into our keys for success and getting into the injury report as well as our bold and game predictions and a lot to get into, a lot of keys. Hopefully the Chargers can follow the guideline and go pick up a W. But today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house. In head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. All right, guys. Well, we always start with our keys for success defensively. And I think in this one, it's a matchup for the Chargers where the Chargers defense should be able to do enough versus this Denver Broncos offense, right? And I think the bigger question for me is how was this Chargers offense going to look against another good defense? Because we've seen them struggle against teams like the Ravens and the Vikings who weren't even really that good, but the Patriots as well you could throw into there. This is a tough one, guys, because even though the Chargers have had some pretty decent matchups, there's most of the offenses I would say the Chargers have gone up against are better than the Broncos offense. Just when you look at everybody Washington, eh, but I mean, Raiders, Chiefs, Vikings, even the Patriots, all these teams, Ravens, Browns have had better offenses so far than the Broncos have. And I think a lot of that, especially if you ask Bronco fans, has to do with Teddy Bridgewater, right? And him not being the guy after he beat out Drew Locke, who was obviously not the guy. But here we are, David, in this matchup where the Chargers are trying to go to seven and four. Doesn't that sound just so good? Seven and four sounds really good. So good. Way better than six and five. But either way, I mean, the Chargers, when they were, you know, not being able to stop the run, their secondary was playing better. Now the run defense is playing a little better, and the secondary hasn't been able to stop anybody the last couple of weeks. So when you're looking at this matchup against the Denver Broncos offense, where are you starting? Yeah, well, this Denver Broncos offense is going to, at least they're going to try to funnel this through the running backs. They're going to run the ball a lot. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. And so with that being said, looking at this tape, one thing really stuck out to me, especially with Javante Williams, is he loves running to the outside. 
and the stats back that up. By uh, running around the left tackle, six. Uh, excuse me, running around the left end, which is right outside the tackle, six point eight yards per carry. Around the left tackle, ten yards per carry. He really, if he gets to the outside, this guy can go and he can take off and he can rip off major, major, major yardage. Running to the inside off the left guard, only three yards a carry. Up the middle, only three yards a carry. So you really want to force him to run the ball to the insides and really secure that edge, really set a physical edge. Don't let him get to the outsides. If you do, it could be off to the races. Yeah, obviously the running game for the Broncos, if they could, they would stick with that the whole game, right? I mean, that's obviously the strength of their offense. And for the Chargers, you know you're going to be missing Limbaugh Joseph. Brandon Staley did say Christian Covington, Jerry Tillery should be back this week. But at least in, you know, Jerry Tillery's case, it's not necessarily like that's an equal, you know, parts gaining in run defense, even though he brings something in the pass rush department. So that doesn't necessarily make your run defense better. But we did see a really good performance by some young guys like Braden Fehoko and Joe Gaziano and Forrest Merrill last week. So that's what gives you some, you know, level of feeling good about, you know, the Chargers and at least the direction they're going in as far as being able to stop the run. But it is like you talked about right there, a lot more than that. It is the guys on the outside keeping contained. It is going to come down to guys like Chris Harris Jr., Michael Davis making tackles on the outside, and the edge defenders, you know, just staying in their lanes and cutting things back into the middle where you have the big dudes at. So obviously the game plan is make Teddy Bridgewater beat you. And the way you do that is by slowing the running game. There's some things offensively you can do that we'll get into in the next segment that you can help yourself out and dictate the game that way. But the young guys are going to have to step up again. That is for sure. And I think the other thing is if you can do enough in the running game, if you can stuff a couple of runs, then you get the Broncos in third down where they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Just horrible. Plainly, 34% is what they convert on third downs, which I think 28th is 28th in the league. 28th. 28th. Terrible. Obviously, that's not good. And they have a lot of really far third downs as well. I mean, that was something that really jumped out to me. So they've had 79 third downs so far this year that were third and seven or greater right wow 79 third downs of seven plus only 48 of six and less like that doesn't even really like like almost double that you know of like the manageable it's not a very efficient offense yeah they're just not doing a good job of getting into those good down and distance situations right and i mean teddy bridgewater if you're watching the games i mean there's times like you know against the broncos he took a deep shot hit tim patrick but that's like not the norm for them and a lot of times he'll also you know dump it off ahead of the, you know, behind the line or behind the sticks and not even really. I got some great stats that back that up too, Dan. I mean, 199 of his attempts were 10 yards or less. 258 of his 299 attempts are 19 yards or less. He has only attempted passes over 20 yards 41 times this season. He just does not throw the ball deep and he doesn't have a lot of success when he does. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. He just doesn't take that many chances. He just doesn't throw the ball very far. So really be ready for that short passing uh, attack. It's going to happen a lot in this game. And yeah, I mean, and- the other thing is being able to tackle the dudes once they do throw it, you know, in front of the first down marker, if you let them get another five yards after the catch on, I mean, that's not really doing much for you. Well, the thing is, is there's a guy that people take for granted on this team. They'll think of Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton and, Noah Font, but it's Tim Patrick. If you don't cover Tim Patrick, that's where the Broncos get their wins. 
most of the games that they've won, Tim Patrick was the leading receiver, whether it was because he had three catches and everybody else had two or one, or he had six catches and everybody else had four or three, whatever it was. If Tim Patrick was the leading receiver, that's what won them games. And if he got a touchdown, it was because everyone was worried about the other three guys. You, Tim Patrick has to be accounted for in this game. That's my big key. you got to account for all the receivers. Do not let Tim Patrick beat you in this game because you focused on Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Noah Font, Melvin Gordon, and Javante Williams. And that's the thing. Like, it's a pretty good stable of offensive weapons. Like, I like the trio of wide receivers between Judy and Sutton and Tim Patrick. That's a really good young core that they've locked up there. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both guys who can catch balls out of the backfield and make people miss. And, I mean, Noah Fant and Albert O from Missouri. I'll just use, you know, what Brandon Staley said and stay away from that last name. They're all guys that can make an impact but haven't, you know what I mean, for the most part. And I think the Chargers – in this game also have a chance to get right in their red zone defense as well because they have a team coming in that's terrible in the red zone, scoring touchdowns on only 50% of their red zone trips. So far this <laughs> season, the Chargers haven't been great. I mean, 19th in allowing touchdowns when teams get to the red zone. So I think this is a game where if you're scoring touchdowns, if you can hold them to a couple of key field goals, I think it's going to do really good things for your team. And I think the other thing is Chargers need to get back to forcing takeaways. That was a big key for why we thought this defense was pretty good early in the season. A lot of that is buoyed by takeaways. In the last three games, you have one takeaway. And that's just not going to get it done because you're a flawed defense. And if you have only one takeaway, you're not taking the ball away on all these strip attempts and things like that, then you're just whatever. And that's the thing. You're not really special, especially if you're not taking the ball away from teams. So, John, any other ones you want to touch on quickly before we get into the offensive side of things? Well, David brought up making sure Javante Williams stays on the inside. Melvin Gordon, make make him want to switch directions. If he goes straight ahead, straight forward through a hole, he'll take off running. He's a speedy little guy that people forget is really fast. You know, this big-ass dude is actually really fast. But if he gets to the outside, he'll second-guess himself. He'll try to cut. He'll try to make a move, and he'll be a, it'll be an easy four-yard loss, easy four-yard loss for you. Try to make him switch directions. Get through the hole. And make him think about it. Yeah. I also, that. know that he's going to fumble the ball. He's fumbled the ball 20 times in his career. <laughs> he has problems securing the football. I mean, Charger fans should know that very, very well. He has issues. So, whenever you get the opportunity, smash at that ball, knock that thing out, get that out of his hands, and get the ball back to the offense. But also stop the forward, you know, motion first. You know, first guy stops the guy, second guy comes in for the strip because we've seen too many times guys getting carried as someone's trying to strip somebody. But we do have to look at the offensive side of things. I think defensively it's obvious, right? I mean, you also can't give easy passes to skilled, talented offensive players. You're going to have to make it a little bit harder for Teddy Bridgewater because if just he's just the facilitator getting out short passes and you're not tackling – that's still a pretty formidable offense with those dudes catching the football. So he's good against the blitz game. too. He's really yeah. good against the blitz. Ten point six yards per attempt against the blitz. So try not to blitz, but you can get pressure up the middle. Their center is giving up four sacks. Also, Bobby Massey on the outside is giving up five sacks. So those are your two uh, vulnerabilities on the offensive line. Joey Bosa really on the guard again. Yeah, Joey Bosa lined up on the inside. Key every week. Staple it to the show key for the Chargers defense every single week because they're not going to get a better interior pass rusher this year, or maybe ever, than Joey Bosa when he's in there. But we do have to look at the offensive side of things, and I do think that is the bigger matchup. Can the Chargers play well against a good defense? Because I'm not sure if we've seen them do it 
so far this year. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys this episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. And let me tell you guys that no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. But the other thing is, is traditional daily fantasy places. A lot of times you'll end up with a lot of the same players, right? And that's super frustrating when you go set your lineup and you realize the other guy has, you know, eight of your 10 guys over there. So you're like, all right, really, I just need these two guys to do better than his other two guys. Or the other thing that happened to me a lot, too, is you just go up against a ringer, right? And you, they know exactly who to pick. They're doing it. They're spreading it out through a thousand different teams. That's not going to happen with Stat Hero because with Stat Hero, the biggest difference is you get to see the team you're playing against. It's you against the house. So before you even set your lineup, you're going to know the exact lineup you're going up against and how you're going to attack it. And that's just something you can't find a lot of places, right? You're usually going head-to-head with a player. Now you're trying to take the house's money. Right now, you guys can even save some money with Stat Hero and get a 100% deposit match when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's all caps, one word, promo code LOCKEDON. They're going to match your deposit so you can go take more of the house's money. Stat Hero head-to-head is what Daily Fantasy should be, one-on-one, you versus the house. Go win some money, and all you guys have to do is sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown. Use that promo code for a 100% deposit match at stathero.com slash lockdown and use the promo code lockdown for a 100% match. Stathero.com, promo code lockdown. Terms and conditions apply so you guys can get that free money and win some money at Stathero. It's a really unique place that's doing it right now, and I just don't think there's many better ways to play any different daily fantasy sports. But let's move it along here, guys, to the offensive keys for success. We're going to have to keep it tight since we had so many defensive keys for success, even though this is the bigger matchup of the two. So, John, I'll let you start this one out. When you're looking at the Chargers going up against a good defense, where do you want to start with the offensive keys? Sometimes the best defense is a really good offense, and it's going to be get out to a quick lead. Try your best to go for touchdowns. Put it all in. If it's fourth and three at the 10, go for the touchdown. Try to get as Big lead as you can. Make Teddy Bridgewater a one-dimensional person because you'll win the game that way. If, the, if you keep the running backs. Or in the red zone? In the red zone, obviously. Okay. Well, I don't know. Brandon Staley, I mean, it's not, it's a non-zero yeah. chance you would think about it. Okay, that, that's a good point. I'll give you that one. Well, yeah, does, do whatever it takes to get that lead and dictate He does it. have to carry have that, that wheelbarrow that. around with him everywhere. But uh, yes, they're big. <laughs> if you want to keep the running backs out of this game. And the best way to do that is to make them have to pass to catch up to you. So get the lead quick, move the ball down the field quick and fast, and get Herbert moving away from the defensive line. That's basically their strength. Get him moving sideways, do a little rollout, or do what you did against the Eagles. I love that game plan against the Eagles. That would work great this week. Just get him away from that defensive line, let him make his plays. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like I was saying to start the show, I mean, if you look at the good defense, the teams that we know have good defenses or even just the good defensive minds, I mean, you can look at the Steelers and obviously they're missing a ton. So it's really hard to use that one as an example, because without TJ Watt, without Joe Hayden, without Minka Fitzpatrick, it's hard to say that's an elite defense. But when no you look at the Miller. Chargers, yeah, when you well, that's true. They might get Bradley Chubb back this week. Though. That would obviously be a bummer for the Chargers because that's a dude they don't want to see going at Justin Herbert. But I would say offensively, though, you look at those games, the Baltimore game, right? The Patriots game, the Minnesota game. You go back to last year and look at the game against the Dolphins, against the Bills, against the Patriots again in the 45-0 game. Like, we haven't seen the Chargers offense put up really good numbers against good defenses like that. I mean, last year you saw a little bit Tampa Bay they put up some points. New Orleans, they put up points. But this year, it's hard to say that they put up a lot of points against any of the good defenses. And this week, they'll have one coming into town. So I think for 
Justin Herbert and Joe Lombardi. This is a great chance. Both of those guys are going to have to be on the same page early. Get out ahead of the Broncos. Dictate to them. But more importantly, get your offense going. Find some things that work and stick with it and try to be more consistent and not have the droughts that we saw in all of the games I mentioned before. I mean, you just can't go three or four drives where you're letting Teddy, you know, go three and out on two drives, but then he's putting up points because your offense isn't doing enough. So I think Justin Herbert, the biggest Especially thing Especially in Denver. Be, exactly. I think the biggest thing for him is when they bring those disguises up, when they try to bring up a bunch of guys to the line of scrimmage, when they do things that have worked for other good defensive teams against Justin Herbert, he has to have a better answer. He has to stay more patient. He has to find those, you know, deeper routes that he's kind of, been negligent towards when he thinks there's pressure coming in immediately. He seems like he's automatically checked down, checked down, checked down. There's going to be some things opening up for him if he's just willing to take the time. And hopefully after last week, having a little bit more faith in that offensive line will help things out there. But David, where are you going with your first offensive key for success? Yeah, I mean, I know the Chargers aren't traditionally a running team. They haven't, you know, ran the ball more than they pass this year. We all know it's Justin Herbert and the golden arm, but Against the Broncos, in four of their five losses, each one of those teams have ran for over 100 yards against the Broncos, and they've won the time of possession battle as well. And those team, those two things, if you're able to do that, if you're able to run the ball efficiently in this game, you're able to keep that offense off of the field, keep your offense on the field. If you are able to dominate the time of possession and run the football, I think you have a very good chance to win this football game. Well, that, yeah, the reason for that is it – the reason for that is really also it's keeping the other teams, it's keeping your own defense fresh. If you're establishing the run, you're moving the ball pretty slowly, which means your defense is resting. Time of possession means your offense is on the field. Their defense is getting tired, even though they basically live there. So they're not as tired as you would be from that high altitude air. But if you're running the ball, holding the time of possession, your defense is resting. They are not sucking air. Yeah, I mean, that part of it is big too. And I think for me, we have to talk about Austin Eckler, right? Because that's just a guy every week there has to be a certain... And again, another, pin, pin it to the game plan every week. 100%. So, like, the thing with the Broncos specifically is obviously they have three linebackers on injured reserve. So, the linebacker depth has been more than tested for them. They traded for Kenny Young, so they've made some moves, right, to try to fix it. But even those guys have been banged up, and it hasn't been great. And there's not no linebacker on the Broncos roster that can cover Austin Eckler one-on-one. But the other thing is, too, is the Broncos are giving up 130.2 yards per scrimmage to running backs. <laughs> I mean, the only running back the Chargers like to use is Austin Eckler. So you can guess he's going to get 95% of that production, and he's better than some of the other guys, too. But going to David's point, the Broncos rank 23rd in run defense DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. So even though it's a good defense, that hasn't given up a lot of points. If there is a chink in that armor, it's definitely the run defense. But the problem is with the Chargers, you just can't feel great about it because you've seen them go up against other run defenses and just had it not work out. Another guy, besides Austin Eckler, I mean, there's two guys. I think Donald Parham coming off of a career high, four receptions last week, especially even though he had a bad drop. You're starting tight end. Jared Cook had two of them, right? So you can't keep him off the field for drops by any means. I think he's a much different type of player. He brings you more in the seam. He brings more yards after the catch. Obviously, like I said last week, I think he's the second best yards after catch player on the Chargers right now behind Austin Eckler. Every time he gets the ball, it seems like he's making it a dude miss. I mean, you're six. Deceptively elusive. For sure. And I mean, guys just kind of fall off him. I think he's just bigger. You know, even though he looks pretty skinny, he's not going down super easily. And then I think that Mike Williams is the other one, too, just because we saw last week the Chargers got Mike Williams involved early and often. 
and their offense definitely was better for it. And he ends up, since he's been, you know, part of the game plan, since he had gotten involved, he comes up with a game-winning touchdown later on in the game, right? His fifth go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter of the season, which is already an NFL record between quarterback-wide receiver duo. So, John, anything else you want to touch on before we move into our bold predictions and obviously the injury report? No, we covered it pretty well. That's it's basically a really simple thing you got to do offensively. I got one last thing, and it's just uh, don't be afraid to test the DBs. I know that there's yeah. a couple of good DBs on this team, but Pat Sertan's so given up names. three touchdowns. Yeah. Kyle Fuller's given up three touchdowns. Kareem Jackson's given up two touchdowns. Also missed 13 tackles on the year. So, I mean, yes, there's they're solid corners, but don't be afraid to test them. They will give up a, a touchdown here and there. Yeah, I think but, that the wide receiver has scored like 11 touchdowns against them so far this year. Go ahead, John. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's something I say the last like three weeks. If you got one-on-one coverage, Mike Williams, Arkeen, and Allen, take it deep. Just take the shot. It's, it hasn't failed you yet. And like I said on the crossover, Bryce Callahan's not out there to be like the 5'9 guy who intercepts it when you throw it up to Mike Williams. So Mike Williams <sighs> will not be out there, but – yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of name value for some of those guys that haven't necessarily played up to that level this season, especially Fuller. I mean, when I was watching, didn't think he looked great, really. But, I mean, the secondary Kareem Jackson will get into in the injury report. He hasn't practiced so far this week. That's the biggest name out for them, at least as far as guys that aren't on injury, on injured reserve so far this season. But for me, it's just like this is a big game for the Chargers offense to show that you can be effective, you can be the high-powered offense, not just against the bad defenses, right, but actually put up some points, play consistently against a good defense. Because like I said, I don't think that we've seen that so far this year. We've seen Herbert really struggle against the better defensive mind and better defensive units that he's gone up against. And like the dude ranks second in QBR, he ranks first in EPA, which is, you know, points added for where you start on the field. Like he's giving them so much more, so many more opportunities to score. And that's he's been number one. Uh, like seven points ahead of Patrick Mahomes in second place, and he's right behind Matthew Stafford in QBR. He's a good quarterback, and I think using his legs could be another key again because things might not be open with his arm at all times, right? But the one thing you saw, if you make them account for that part of your game, it Keep makes the every defense, defense honest. Well, they Jalen can't Hurts rush did the it. passer. But a lot different players, obviously. Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson are like one and two in rushing yards, and Herbert has 200-plus rushing yards, but 90 of them came in the last game, so it hasn't been a consistent part of his game. It should be, and especially against good defenses, you need, you know, all hands on deck. They need every one of, you know, the Stay on the field. That extends drives, man. Exactly. So I think that would be key, and I'm excited to do it because I do think it could be a kind of statement game for Joe Lombardi, for Justin Herbert, for this offense. And we just saw the Eagles put up 30 points against them in their last game. So it is a defense that can be beaten and you can put up 30-plus on it, but will the Chargers do it is the big question. And we'll have to put our money where our mouth is because we have the bold and game predictions coming up as well as some big names on the injury report that have to be talked about. But the Chargers injury report, not looking too terrible this week. I mean, nothing crazy there. So we'll get into all of that coming up right after this. But first thing I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. And, of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. And I have to tell you guys, it's the most wonderful time of the year because Black Friday is tomorrow, and Bilt is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that has ever, ever in the history of Black Fridays. And there's been a lot of Black Fridays. So this is going to be the best one with Built Bar because they're going to have new limited time flavors, new types of bars, 
and a winter wonderland of deals. You guys want high-end deliciousness at a discount all through Black Friday. You guys can get at least 20% off of everything at Built.com. You saw it at Built.com, it's 20% off. Everything at Built. I mean, I'm finding this out now right now too. So like I'm going to have to set some money aside uh, to go hit up <laughs> Built Bar on this Black Friday. I love a good Black Friday. But 20% off with the promo code LOCKED20. And right now, guys, they have a new flavor, Ruby Chocolate Puffs. Marshmallowy goodness covered in a unique chocolate, ruby chocolate. This has never been done with a Built Bar before. There's dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now there's ruby chocolate uh, Built Bar. So you guys are definitely going to want to check that out. They have a new flavor, lemon dipped cheesecake puffs. Do I need to say more on that? <laughs> I mean, look at John Kego's face for the audience. I mean, it's looking like you might expect someone who just heard there's a lemon dipped cheesecake puff Built Bar. And there's the new Built Bar Crave Bar. And built by in the built to Black Friday weekend isn't complete without the word free. Buy any box of built bars through Sunday and get two of their brand new candy bars for free. Built has finally done it. They've come up with a candy bar that is so great that it really is an alternative to the candy bars that you guys have been eating, and it will satisfy you because all the flavors at Built Bar taste great. But make sure you guys check it out this weekend. 20% off everything at built.com with that promo code LOCKED20. I also need to tell you guys. About Bet Online, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And it's Thanksgiving, so we all know what that means. Football, and nothing goes better with football and turkey than betting. Bet Online has you covered all the holiday season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. And football is just a staple, right? Like, not going to lie, maybe hot take. I'd rather have football at my Thanksgiving than turkey. All right, I'm just going to put that out there. I'd rather have football than turkey. I mean, if you're bringing ham and you got football, it's better than a ham and turkey Thanksgiving with no football. I'm just putting it out there. And Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this Thanksgiving. And if you're watching football, especially with the games, because it's so, you know, Lions always get a game. It's always bad teams. You're gonna get a bad game on Thanksgiving, right? But one thing that makes all bad games better is having a bet on it, right? And especially when you're doing it with house money. And if you guys go to Bet Online, you can get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on to receive that bonus playing with house money while you're at your family's house. On Thanksgiving, betting on football, watching football, eating ham, not turkey. And it's not just football, guys. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for the 2021 season because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, they're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into our predictions and our bold predictions specifically. So I have to go with the champion, John Kegley. Coming off of a bold prediction win last week, picking Najee Harris to go under 50 rushing yards. We all know that I'm not allowed to make bets like that, especially about rushing yards and unders, because the last time mine got eclipsed in the first half. So my built bar went on my built bar. Gotta have built bars on the mind now. I can't stop thinking about that Black Friday built bar special. 20% off. Promo code lock 20. But when I think about that, I mean I lost. My bold prediction in the first half. And the Chargers got ran all over in the first half. Gave my bold prediction away. So, John, let's see if you can go two for two. Probably the first time ever in Lockdown Chargers history that someone goes bold predictions two for two, two weeks in a row. Let's hear what it is. I think it's going to be dumb. Oh, it'll definitely be uh, dumb. But I'm going to go with the running game again. Okay. I think they're going to hold the entire Broncos rushing attack to under 50 yards this week. Okay. Now you're just being ridiculous. So, I mean, that's definitely not going to happen. But, like, if I rolled the tape back, I probably said something similar to it. John's trying to drop a mic for those listening in the podcast audience. But 
That would be awesome. Chargers win if that happens, right? So Definitely. unless there's like, I mean, that that's gonna be the mess up thing. Like John's gonna be right, but it's gonna be because like the Chargers went four or three and out like six times in a row. Four of them got blocked, so like nobody had to gain any yardage, and they were just scoring points without actually needing to run offensive plays. David, where are you going with your bowl prediction this week? Yeah, I think my my bowl prediction this week is gonna be centered around Keenan Allen, and it's about Keenan Allen getting into the end zone. Keenan Allen only has two touchdowns on the year. I think he's going to have his first multi-touchdown game of the year against the Broncos at mile high. That's what I'm going with. Keenan Allen, big performance. He needs it. I love that. Yeah, I love that. If I was going offense, I think I'd center it around Austin Eckler just because I told you guys that running backs have had success and like, this isn't really a split backfield, even though as much as Brandon Staley said, like, you know, we're, we're a running back by committee team. And it's like, well, you can't really hand it to anyone else except for Austin Eckler because he's the only one doing anything productive with it on a consistent basis. That's staying healthy, right? But I'm going to go defense this week, and it's going to go to one of my keys for success. I think the Chargers are going to force three turnovers this week after only having nice. one turnover in the last three weeks. I think it's two forced fumbles and a team that has you know been fumble-prone this season, and I think they're going to intercept Teddy. I mean, he doesn't make a lot of risky passes, so it's hard to say he's going to throw three picks in this one. But it is bold prediction, so I do think that the Broncos are going to turn the ball over three times in this one, and the Chargers are going to be, get, get a win probably in large part because of that. So, oh, did I just give away my game prediction? We'll see because it's time to put our money where our mouth is because we totally skipped the injury report. Great job, guys. For the injury report, there's not a ton, honestly. I mean, it's not a big week for the injury report. The Chargers, the guys that didn't play last week, you know, Lohi Gilmans, Mark Webbs, they're not looking good at this point on Wednesday Brand Staley did say that Alohi was day-to-day, but he did say that Mark Webb Jr. probably wasn't going to play. Trey Marshall is another guy that hasn't practiced so far this week, probably too soon to tell. But Limbaugh Joseph is really the biggest player for the Chargers that's not going to be there this weekend, and he's not showing up on the injury report. So that's why we talked about it being so important that those other young guys step up. Defensively, on the Broncos' side of things, Kareem Jackson's a big name. I mean, if Kareem Jackson doesn't play to be paired back there with Justin Simmons, that's a big deal for this Broncos team. So if he doesn't play, that is going to, I think, have a big impact on this because the last time the Chargers saw the Broncos, or last year at least, there was uh, some ill will towards the Kareem Jackson fan base, I would say for sure, after, you know, some hits, fumble, forcing a fumble on the one-yard line, get out of here. That was <laughs> so ridiculous before halftime. Fumble, forcing that fumble on the one. So we would love to see Kareem Jackson not playing this one, but obviously, hey, hopefully he's a healthy scratch, right? inactive coach's decision because we had never wouldn't hope any ill will towards anyone but it's time to get in our game prediction so i think i should probably let david go first because he did not pick the chargers last week until it was much much too late he didn't say it on the show so it <laughs> didn't happen so david after your loss last week are you feeling more comfortable this week i mean this is hard because it's a wednesday right in all honesty we're doing this on a wednesday tomorrow's thanksgiving so like this is the last chance we really have to do it this week. So there's things we don't know that we would know usually on a Thursday night. But we know the two teams for the most part. And I think we have at least some idea of who's going to play. Unless somebody gets injured tomorrow. You know, if a big name, somebody goes down, then the picks don't really count as much. But as we see it right now, we think we kind of know who's going to play in this one. So are you getting back on the Chargers bandwagon as the number one homer that we have on the show? Yes. Yes, I am. I do think that the Chargers are going to get get back in the or continue to be in the win column and they're going to pick up their fifth 
AFC West win in a row uh, over the Broncos here at Mile High on Sunday, and I think that score is going to be relatively close because that's every single Charger game. What's that? Are you in Colorado? You said here at Mile High, so I was like confused. No, no, no. In Mile High on Sunday against the Broncos, the Chargers are going to win 24 to 20. Okay. Yes, thank you, Daniel. 24 to 20, Chargers win. That's it. So David saw that I had a 24 to 20 prediction yesterday when I did a different show that came out today. So that's fine. David stole my prediction. John Kegley, give us the all-time series notes for this one and tell us who you think is going to win. Well, the Broncos lead this series. Kind of not surprising, right? It seems like the other team always leads the series. 69-53-1. But... In mile high, the Chargers are only 18, 43, and 1. Jesus. Not, not a good look. And they have lost 8 of the last 10 in mile high. And let's let's not forget this. The last time the Chargers were good, two, two, uh, 2018, played against a Bronco team that you thought we should easily beat. It looked like we were going to easily beat them, and then you just let Court and Sutton drive all, get you all the way down the field and kick the game-winning field goal. Yeah, pass interference. You got to oh, not that one. This is the this is the one. Oh yeah, talking uh, about twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah, the Chargers definitely were supposed to win that one. I mean, they had beat so many good teams that year. It was weird when that because the Broncos were awful that year. I'm picking I'm picking this game because it's kind of the same situation. You got a really good Chargers team playing against a Broncos team that's not exactly great. Still got the same thing as last time: a good running attack, not a really good passing attack, but. Because you kicked field goals, you allowed one running play to put the Broncos back in the game. And then you let Case Keenum beat you throwing to Cortland Sutton four, four times on the game-winning field goal drive. Can't have that this week. You cannot have this week. you got to play the Broncos like they're good. And I think they will do that, and I think this is going to be a win for the Chargers. I'm going to actually – I should have made the score prediction a little bit more, bold prediction as well, because I think they're only going to allow three points. I'm going to go – 20 Chargers 27 Broncos 3. Oh my god. Wow. Well, that would be an easy Sunday for Chargers fans that they don't get very often. And let me throw an emergency key for success in here that doesn't apply to either of the prior segments and that is no special teams disasters, right? And that's how you let bad teams yes. win games. That's how you let bad teams stay with you in games. Blocked punts, missed field goals, blocked field goals, a kickoff return for a touchdown. Don't give the Broncos offense any help either, right? Justin Herbert, don't throw an interception at the 20. Don't set them up with short fields. There's just so much in the middle between offense and defense, and that's the special teams. That could make a difference in a game like this. So that was my emergency. Well, could we, could we see Dustin Hopkins kick like a 56-yard field goal because of how the mile-high air is? I mean, we sit over a 50-yard field goal, I don't think, for the Chargers yet. And, like, he's – I'm already, like, more confident in him than, like, any of their last four kickers, six kickers. So, uh, yes, I think he definitely could kick a 56-yard field goal in the altitude. And that's the other thing about stopping the run, too, right? Like, your defense will be so toast if your offense can't stay on the field, if you can't stop the run by the fourth quarter in that altitude that they're ready for and you're not really ever. That does play a factor in that being in a away game, as John was talking about has affected many Chargers games. I don't feel good about this one, but that's just another, you know, Wednesday this time, but usually Thursday night yeah. for Daniel. And like, <laughs> when does it feel good about any game? Me, well, I mean, the thing is, is like every single game outside of two games has been a one possession game. Like I've had a right to not feel good about any of these games, right? Because even You're the Chargers fan, you shouldn't. Won, 
hey, three and five Vikings team comes into town, right? And I didn't feel good about that. A lot of people did. And we all saw the way it played out. Same with the Eagles. Like, that was a game the Chargers easily could have lost as well. So, like, they've played down to teams' competitions as well. I don't necessarily think that's the case here. I just think it's, can the Chargers offense do it against a good defense? And we're still kind of waiting to see that. And that's what's holding me back a little bit. I still think that the Chargers, especially given what the Broncos have struggled with, like, if I thought they had a good enough quarterback to get those weapons involved and to help out the running attack that they have, I'd be more scared. I probably would pick the Chargers to lose. But at this point, even that Broncos or that Cowboys game, like having gone back and watched it, like the Cowboys missed a ton of opportunities early on and let that game totally get out of hand. Like the Cowboys, as much as it was a blowout 30 to zero at one point, the Cowboys kind of did that to themselves somewhat. And that was a game where I was like, how did that happen? You know, yeah. so I'm going to pick the Chargers to win this game. David said 24 to 20. That's what I had previously said this week that I was going 24 to 20, but I'll say 24-21. I mean, I think it's going to be still a close game. I mean, that's right around because I think the Chargers offense underperforms a little bit, right? And I think the Chargers poor defense and missing Asante Samuel Jr., which is going to be huge this week, missing Limbaugh Joseph, maybe, you know, makes the Broncos offense play a little bit better than they should. And I think that's why it still ends up being close because the Chargers defense hasn't been good either, right? And the offense and special teams haven't helped them out very much. So I'm going to say 24-21. I think it is still a close game. It's still a team that has five wins, you know what I mean? So it's like it's not like they're a terrible team either. So like they've beaten – it's just hard because the only one good win they have is the Cowboys. Every other team – that like the Chargers have beaten four teams that have beaten the Broncos already this year. And you look at the Eagles, the Browns, right? And you look at the, all the teams that the Chargers have played against and already beaten. The only team that the Eagles have beaten that the Chargers didn't beat was the Cowboys. So – and I just talked about that game a little bit. So I'll go 24-21. Keep things rolling here. I mean, it wasn't going well when I wasn't picking them to win. So hopefully we can keep it going or else all of us are going to have egg on our face because we all picked the Chargers to win. But they should. But so who's leading? It. Who's winning this again? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 John. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I've said before, like as long as you have a face like that and you're wearing a Charger jersey, I mean, nobody's going to trust your picks like that. Same with you, David. Look at your face, too. <laughs> All right, talking about? <laughs> that is going to do it for today's show. I wouldn't listen to either one of them, but the good news is I happy Thanksgiving to all of well. you. Thank you for listening to our show. We're very, very thankful for every single person that's listened or watched us over the last four seasons. Thank you very much. David's a kiss ass. No, he's right. A hundred percent. I mean, we are thankful to have an audience because without an audience, we wouldn't have a show. So thank you guys for your continued support. And thank you for making us your first listen we always appreciate that and all the new ventures and all opportunities that we've had. You guys have followed us through. So thank you guys so much for that. Hopefully everyone has a fun, safe day with their family. Drive safe out there. I mean, people don't think about it, but one of the biggest drinking holidays of the year. So don't do anything crazy. Be safe and, you know, stay home, eat food, watch football. Doesn't get much more simple than that. But you can follow us on all social media. If you find the show, you can find all of our Twitter handles. And the show is at Locked on LAC. You can also find our at Locked on Chargers Instagram page and our Locked on Chargers Facebook page. Sorry we had in this short week we didn't get to get to some voicemails, but we always love hearing your guys' reactions. Even when they don't make you know on the show, I'll sit there and laugh about them in my house. So if you guys want to call into the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that's going to do it for us today. Hopefully the Chargers can take care of business, go 3-0 in the AFC West for the first time since 1996. And John was barely alive then. So hopefully we can see the Chargers get that done and come back and be here for a victory Monday after a four-day weekend for a lot of people. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some football and some food this weekend as well. And we'll 
Hopefully you'll be hearing from us on Sunday and the Chargers are getting a W. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.